Hey there, welcome to the Seeking After Him podcast, a podcast all about getting to know Jesus through the testimony of his word and through other Christians. Pull up a seat and make sure you're cozy as we dive into today's episode. Without further ado, here's your host, Abby. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the Seeking After Him podcast. My name is Abby and I am so pumped that you are here tuning into another episode with me today. I am really excited because today we're going to be talking about the concept of losing yourself. And this whole concept kind of came up to me. I'm currently reading a book right now. Right now, It's called She Works His Way by Michelle Myers and Summer Phoebus. It's an awesome book. I totally recommend it. I'm definitely going to link it in the show notes for those of you who would like to check it out. But basically, the book is all about um, how to implement God in your work. And it's for specifically like entrepreneurs, um, those who and but then also like those who are working in the workplace as well. But it, it really helps you like strategize how to like put God in your work and how to set goals with God in mind. And in it in one of the chapters it talks about this concept of, you know, culture says that we need to find ourselves, but God says we need to lose ourselves. And that was really convicting for me because I kind of like fell into the culture standpoint a lot in this terms where, um, you know, culture tells us all the time that we need to go after, set a goal and then go after it. And then we can do anything we put our mind to and follow our heart. And although like, yes, that's kind of true. It's really not. And, and here's why our hearts are very deceitful. And it talks about that all the way in the Bible like all in the way in the beginning of the Bible. It talks about how God made us, you know, in his image and likeness, but then we fell and our hearts turned inwardly towards ourselves. So we naturally just have, unfortunately, this genetic innate to want to, you know, do things for ourselves. Like the concept of every man for themselves is so true. Like in a situation where we're in panic mode or, um, you know, things are uncomfortable. We always, always, always want to choose the the way that's going to make it more comfortable for ourselves. And that's just our natural DNA. Like it's it's not natural for us to want to naturally serve others in a situation where we're uncomfortable or it's a hard situation to be in. And that's why God stresses stresses to us so much that you know, culture says to find yourself, but I say, God says to lose yourself. Actually, our pastor was talking about this this weekend um, during his sermon. He was talking about how the Bible is the only story that we can think of. Like the Bible is really the only story where it paints this picture of the hero coming to the hero dying for the villain. It's like the only story that that ta- that does that. And most of the stories that we see in Hollywood, it's like the hero comes and, and dies or sacrifices himself to save the good people and the good of mankind. And it's so interesting that the Bible is the opposite. You see, Jesus comes back to die for the villain. And most of the time we think of the villain as, you know, Satan or the enemy or the devil, you know, but really the enemy in the story is you and I the ones with the sinful hearts. And unfortunately, we're just born into it that way. Um, because of the fall in the garden, we not we have the DNA of sin just written in our flesh. 
And um, that's just what we inherited from our families. Um, and it's nothing that we um, did at first, but it's from our generational curse that is brought down throughout humanity. But Jesus came back to save, to break that curse and allow us to come into community and relationship with him. And it's so cool because that is the only story that does that. And I think that's beautiful because the most beautiful part of it is that it's real and that it's for you and I, and we are the, the characters in that story. But when you look back at the Bible, our rebellion, like throughout generations of humanity, like our rebellion isn't cute. That's why it's uncomfortable. Our rebellion isn't cute. It's not attractive. And our sin is definitely not pretty at all. But you see like God has been going through these cycles with humanity throughout the, from the beginning where, you know, God creates or God starts with like our relationship with God is good um, and, and we're in communion with him. And then all of a sudden we as humans fall and then God puts his wrath on us and then we get set back up right with God and then we fall and then he, his wrath comes up on us and then we get right back with God. It's almost like I would imagine it has to be very similar to raising kids. Like you're good, you teach them one thing, they're doing good, then they fall, then you have to parent them, and then then they learn, and then they get back, and then it's just this constant cycle of of learning and growing and teaching, and I really feel like that's what humanity is, and we just constantly, we can see, you know, they say the saying, like, history repeats itself, but you constantly just see the cycle of God, like, just pulling humanity along and trying to be in relationship with him. And that's why sometimes, to be honest, that's why it's really hard to read the Bible sometimes. I'm going to be really honest. It's not always fun when you open scripture and you see verses that are very convicting because, you know, you know that that means you have to change. And it's uncomfortable to do that. And it's not always fun to know that you're wrong. Um, but that's why it's so important for us to do it, to make sure that we're reading our Bible. Our pastor also said it um, a few weeks ago, too, that the Bible is either offensive or it's really offensive to some people. And that's why um, it's we need the motivation to get into the Bible. In the She Works His Way book, the, the authors talk about this really cool concept that um, although the Bible was written for us, its primary, primary goal is not to help us find ourselves, but to move us to lose ourselves and that's just sometimes why it's not fun so through this sanctification process we start to care we start to crave god's word more basically sanctification is a fancy word church word for meaning to become more like god in matthew 5 6 it says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I often think of like um, reading scripture as like open heart surgery. Like really, when you're in a relationship with Jesus, it's like you're constantly just under on the on the surgery table under open heart surgery and and god is the you know the surgeon who who slices through the skin to perform the surgery and he's in there and he's fixing the things that need to be fixed and cutting away the the areas that need to be trimmed away and it's a painful process um to go through as yourself but god is also the same 
person, the same one who opens you is the same one to close you back up and heal you. Um, And that's why it's so important for us to continuously go through that heart surgery because he's constantly, you know, changing you every day and he's making you um, more like him every day. And as a person, as a humanity who is naturally drawn more towards sin, that's why it's so hard and uncomfortable sometimes to become more like God, to become more whole, to become more holy. And that's why it's hard is because it's not natural to us. And that's why it's culture takes on more form of humanity. And that's why God says we need to go against culture and go with what I say because I am holy. And that's why a lot of the times when you're going with God, you're swimming against the current of culture. So the real question comes down to how do we lose ourselves? God says, culture says to find ourselves, but God says to lose ourselves. So the question comes down to is how do we do that? Luke 9.23 is definitely the verse where we can find how to do that. Luke 9.23, this is Jesus talking to the crowd. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. In that verse, we can see three clear action steps to take. He's saying, one, we must deny ourselves. Two, we must take up our cross daily. And three, we must follow him. Three clear steps, but are they easy? Absolutely not. Paul is writing to the Galatians in 2.20, Galatians 2.20, and he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is I who no longer lives, but Christ who lives in me. Paul is saying that he, when he gave his life to Christ, he let go of his old ways. He let go of his old sinful ways, and it is now him who, it is now God who, who reigns in him and who puts the desires on his heart, on Paul's heart, for what he should do. We often have to look at our lives truly and think to ourselves, where are our identities rooted in? And that sometimes like they're very obvious and sometimes they're very subtle and we can't even see them ourselves. But the obvious ones um, usually can be revealed in the question of where are our priorities at? When you look at how you spend your time throughout the day, where are your priorities at? What are you prioritizing in your life? Is it money? Is it the talent that you have? Is it the looks that you have? Is it the career that you have? Is it the sport that you're in? And it can go on and on and on. Is it it your kids? Are are you prioritizing your kids over God? And you can go on and on and on. But that's a question that we should be asking ourselves daily. Our pastor also talked about another way to, to see where your identity is rooted in is look at your pay stubs, look at, or look at your financial stubs. Where are you spending your money? A lot of the times where we spend our money is where our thoughts are targeted to. And that was very convicting to hear because when we looked back, when I went back and looked at my pay stubs, it was like, oh man, I'm eating out way more than I should, or I'm buying more clothes than I should. And I didn't even realize that I was spending all that money there um, because it was one transaction here, one transaction there. But it was really a, a convicting thing to go through. But I realized very quickly where where my heart was rooted in. So when we become Christians, Christ should become our new identity. You see, Satan isn't worried about how much we learn about God. He's more worried about when we apply the things about God. I think Satan's worried about when they step onto the mat to actually wrestle the match. And the athlete in me, when I heard that, was like, oof, that hits hard. Because 
I can go lift all the weights that I want and I can train so hard. And Satan's not worried about that. He's worried when we actually get into the game, when the coach calls us into the spot, when I played softball. So when I step into the batter's box, that's when he's worried because that's when you know that God's going to be working through me. So number two, we need to pick up our cross daily. What does that mean? So walking in step with Jesus is very outside of culture. Why? Because culture is all about ourselves and God is about serving others. In fact, like when Jesus calls you to do something, most non-Christians and some Christians are going to look at you like you're nuts. Like for example, um, there is a family down um, Mo Isom, the author that I talked about in one of the books, but her family... Um, They lived in Georgia, but they just sold their house. They had a beautiful house in Georgia. Um, They have, I think, four kiddos. And um, I mean, the kiddos are from like six, six under. And so they have a very young family and they ended up selling their beautiful home, all of their furniture. They ended up selling everything that that they had and they bought a camper that they are now going as a family on mission around the United States speaking at all of these different states. And most people, I'm sure they had a lot of people saying, what are you doing? Why are you selling everything? Like, this isn't, this doesn't make sense. This isn't financially stable. This, um, this sounds crazy. Um, you know, this seems unsafe to do it. How are you going to educate your kids? Um, and they're going to be away all the time. They need to be close to their family. I'm sure they had all of the excuses lined up, but they were so convinced that God wanted them to do it. And so when you have that desire from God, when you have that plan that he puts on you or that, or that seed that drops on you, he, they said, you know, everything else in this, our house, our clothes, our cars, everything else that we have that culture says is safe is not going with us to eternity. It's not, it doesn't even matter. Everything else is filthy rags compared to what the plans that God has for us. And so that to a lot of people sounds wild, but they took the step in faith, trusting that, you know, God had a plan for them and that he's going to use their obedience for good. Our world wants us, you see, like our world wants us to do things based off of our feelings. They say things like, do what makes you happy or follow your dreams or decide your goal and chase after it. Um, And our feelings are always passed off. But our feelings are always based off of temporary pleasure. But our feelings are always based off of temporary pleasure and ourselves. Like for example, when I'm hungry, I start to crave sweets. And I think to myself like, oh, one more piece of cake is fine or one more cookie is fine or one more bowl of ice cream is fine. But in reality, after I get done eating it, like it might've tasted really, really good when I was eating it. But once I got done, I felt really crummy about myself and I felt like gross and, and sick. And, you know, I thought at the time that I wanted it, but after I ate it, then I didn't feel well and it didn't feel my body the way it should have. And there's so many examples that we could go through. Um, But Jesus says that we need to die to ourselves and pick up our cross daily. We need to die to our desires, our temporary wants and needs, and pick up our cross and walk with endurance. 
Basically, he's saying, don't swim with the current of the culture. We need to swim against it. We need to put our trust in God, that he knows the way and he knows the plan and he knows what's best for us. It means that even when you are in the midst of suffering or difficult situations, you need to put your trust in him. The third thing he says is to follow me, to follow God. Following Jesus can be hard because sometimes it makes us uncomfortable because it's outside our feelings and it's outside our genetic desire to to want to do things for ourselves. Following Jesus can be hard because sometimes it makes us uncomfortable because we have to go outside of our feelings. But Jesus always knows what's best for us. He tells us all the time that he goes before us and that he's holding our hand through it and he's directing our steps all the time. In Deuteronomy 3, 31, 8, he says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. In Isaiah 41, 13, he says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. In Proverbs 16, 9, he says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So he's saying that he goes before us and that he's holding onto our hand as he's guiding us with our steps. You see, Jesus changes our hearts and desires to be more like him. That's through that sanctification process we talked about earlier. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart the stone and give it a heart of flesh. And then at that point, he begins to change the desires of our heart. I remember when I was in high school and middle school and, you know, teachers and, and everyone's trying to tell you what, who you should be. You're taking tests online, like th- these personality tests online to see what career you would be best fit in. And like everyone's throwing opinions at, at you, who you should be. But God's saying like, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what, and it doesn't even matter what you think of yourself. He says, what matters is what I think of you. And that's the only opinion that you should be going after is is God's opinion. And he's saying that, and when you go after what God desires, he's saying that he's going to remove your heart of stone, which you naturally have, the heart that chases after the things that you want. And he's going to give you a heart of flesh, one that's breathing, one that's alive, one that's active, and one that seeks to help other people. Then at that point, he will begin to crave and thirst for his will because we will see how much more freeing it is. You see, finding ourselves will lead us to listen to our feelings. Losing ourselves will lead us to God. Remember that we are sinful and that our hearts are naturally that our hearts naturally desire to serve ourselves. But that's why God wants us to give him our hearts so we can learn to trust in him by one denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following him. I hope that paints a picture of of why it's important to lose ourselves. Um, versus finding ourselves in culture. And um, before we close out, I just want to end in prayer here real quick to pray over you throughout the week. And I challenge you that as you're going throughout your week, that you're prayerfully just getting into your Bible and asking God, where are the idols in my life? Where are the areas in my life that are taking their place before you? What am I putting first above you? And then God's going to show you and reveal it to you. And at that point, it's going to feel like you're under open heart surgery. And it's going to feel uncomfortable. And it's going to feel painful. But I promise you that if you persevere persevere through it, it's so worth it. 
It's so worth it to follow Jesus and versus culture. It's so worth it. Our pastor talked about this once too. He says that he doesn't know a single person that laid it all on the line for Jesus and came back saying it wasn't worth it. It's so worth it to follow Jesus. And I can attest to, and I can testify to that myself as well. So here we go, friend. I really encourage you to to dive into the word this week. And I encourage you to really break down the idols and the walls in your life on a daily basis like he tells us to. I just want to close out in prayer. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for, for giving us Luke 9.23. Thank you for showing us that we need to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross daily, and to follow you. And Lord, that's a hard thing to do in this culture, where this culture is all about finding ourselves. But Lord, help us to learn to lose ourselves. Show us what that means. Show us how to dive into scripture and to crave your word. Lord, when we start to look inwardly inwardly at ourselves, Lord, help us to focus on, on, on serving you. Lord, when we don't know what steps to take next, Lord, remind us who you are, that you are a way maker, and that you are a promise keeper. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the plans that you have for us. Lord, search our hearts and know us and help us to put down the idols in our life so that you may take your rightful place in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, friends. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I can't wait to chat with you next week. Until then, friend, have a blessed day. You just finished another episode of the Seeking After Him podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug and a high five for making it this far. If you are interested in checking out more information or staying in touch throughout the week, you can head on over to the Seeking After Him social media platforms on Instagram and Facebook at Seeking After Him Podcast. I can't wait to chat again next week, friend. See you soon.